Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to D and D, the dinner party role playing podcast. I'm your host, I'm John Schmasser. Oh All that Got stays him. in. That's the beginning. Uh, great. Hey, <laughs> everybody. The late night energy. Late night energy. We're doing the discussion into D and D and D and D three. Yeah. Welcome. Oh. Welcome. Uh, welcome to our discussion episode following the season three finale of D&D&D, where a lot of stuff happened, and we are going to waste no time getting into the big question on everybody's minds. What is the deal with Juno Greenpoint? What is the deal with Juno? (laughs) Do you like milk? You might be a ranger. (laughs) (laughs) You might be... Uh, we, we, you, you jumped around between a lot of different. I was gonna say different... we're mixing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's, it's all whatever. the same in our memories, our collective memory era of community. Uh, was the, here's your sign. Guy. Was that Bill, Bill Engvall? Engvall. Yeah. Who? Right. Oh yeah. I Bill always Engvall. thought was the funniest, but whatever. I I agree. Who had yeah. the tater tots bit? That's Larry Ron the Cable White. Guy. Ron, That's Ron, Ron White. Ron White. Ron White, though, was he the one who was always like super drunk and sweaty? So yeah. Yeah. Like sweaty. Yes. I kind of yeah. like that guy. You, yeah. you know what? My mental image when I'm trying to picture Ron White, Steve Bannon. Yeah. It's oh, not, far not far off. Not far off. You're not wrong. <laughs> These names. White didn't have Comedy Central in 2005. Oh, I couldn't escape it. Not at all. Ugh. Um. I think I'm glad not well, to have seen an actual Larry the Cable. Like I've seen Jeff Foxworthy, but I blue collar comedy tour. I'm not familiar. We're doing a hard pivot on this show. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wait, we're wasting three... no time, Gressel. Yeah. We're getting Are we going to back to Corey in the house. Yes. <laughs> what did Corey's dad make for the president while he was there? I want Dish. to know. You ever, <laughs> you ever fart so hard your back cracks? <laughs> Why do I feel like Chelsea's got at least three cable guy jokes? <laughs> Like in the back of my mind, ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> of a Dan. What's his? I forget what his real name is. Larry. Yeah, it's no. Dan. It something. Yeah. That's not for us to know. That's, that's not, his private. That's forbidden knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> this was not made for you. Uh, well, I'm sorry, everyone, for getting your hopes up that you'd get some answers about what's up with Juno, <laughs> and then we sorry. talked about the blue collar comedy tour for two minutes. He's going on it, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, I am, 
<laughs> I am going to turn it over to Joel, though, before we get into too, too many more bits. Plenty of bits to come on the show ahead, but I know that everybody's eager to find out what's up. I'm going to let jo- uh, Joel take it here. Uh, Joel, take it away. Yeah, so the, the questions that uh, I saw a lot were like, you know, what does this mean for Juno? What does this mean for Joel? Uh, so as far as Juno goes, Juno is still a part of the world. I'm glad he's alive. He didn't die. And uh, maybe we'll check in on him again at some point uh, as far as me, Joel, goes. Uh, so going forward, I will not be a regular part of the show as a performer or doing mixing in social media. But it's uh, it's a sad, but also it's a good thing because I'm going to be focusing on new projects like my cat's podcast, Ineffable, which has a new episode out this week. Uh, trying to guest on some shows, which will be fun. And as a side hustle, I'm trying to work with uh, smaller podcasts as a consultant and use some of the skills and experience i've learned making D D to help improve other shows uh so yeah and, and you can always uh if you want to know things i'm doing follow me on twitter at joel k arnold and i just made a website finally after years this is what an adult needs to do uh but that's also joelkarnold.com and i think i have a mailing list there you can sign up for and if i do something or if i launch a new podcast uh you'll know about it so my takeaway for you hopefully is this is positive and not the end of me on D&D&D, because there is a chance that we'll check in on Juno at some point. Yeah. Did you say joelkarnold.com? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to look at that right now. It says it's a private site. Oh, it's not launched yet. By the time the oh, episode drops, I'll have like clicked Do- spot, Squarespace. Dude. I just wanted to like admire. I I'm assuming he has up. a handsome picture yeah. of him Joel, are you going to do like a close-up picture of your face for the, the header image? Like, like this awful camera page. angle you've you've gotten from, <laughs> yeah, from Zoom. On the <laughs> you made a whole website. Like what you you're like like any uh adult person should have. And I'm like, oh fuck, should I have a website? I had, I yeah, just had yeah. such a moment. Everybody was like, else on oh, this no. call went, oh god damn oh, it. Oh no, like, it was insecurity. I, 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 like, I know I have a website. <laughs> it's like yeah. realizing I sh- it's like, oh, should I carry business cards with me? Which the answer is yes, by the way, because people <laughs> ask for those. It's very weird. I have business cards. It's wild. Yeah. Just, oh. Yeah. Okay. I need to get some stuff I together. I don't have business cards, <laughs> Dude, when but you're an I'm artist. not in the social realm. I've had business cards since I was like 12. What uh, are you wow. talking about? saying he's not in the social realm makes it. That's so weird. I'm like not. the social in the realm. Social you know realm. what I'm saying? Like, my the job doesn't avail me to go though. around and, yeah, I'm not like, hi, here's my business card. I'm an editor. Who you does could that? Be, you could. I know I should. Maybe I'm that's trying why to, you don't I'm trying have to protect a job. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I deeply relate. Like me, yeah. like just like making a thing with my like resume on it. I'm just like mm, this self advertisement. This feels too weird. I don't like this, right? but I'm just like pushing I, through. Dude, it. I am not in the social realm. Is such a Kanye tweet. <laughs> like, just that. <laughs> Listen, I all lowercase. I and this is this is a trailer world problem. And I told you guys a little bit briefly about it. I haven't made a resume since 2011. That was the last time I needed a resume because everything is website based, kind of like what Joel said. I need a website. That's my resume. I recently was asked for my resume. I made a fantastic resume that was short and to the point. And at the bottom of it, uh, I, I copied off of one of my Your friends. Your special Craig, facts, right? And my additional facts was one was uh, I, grew up in, I grew up in Michigan. The next one was um, my wife almost didn't date me because I love my cat too much and the third one was uh, <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo don't and I sent it off because <laughs> I love that bit of marketing from the 1990s 
Yeah. Oh my god! And you don't even confident. need to justify it. That's such a power no, move. Just, the yeah, end of your saying, resume hey, is Sega, Sega Nintendo. Does Wait, that's I'll great. Yeah, yeah. that'll the attract the kind time, of person you want. Yes, yeah. exactly. The last time I, I updated my resume, I remember being like, "It's finally time to take my college." Uh, achievements mm-hmm. off like shit at least I the college know. gpa off <laughs> yeah you don't need your gpa honestly and th- this is my this is me D and D pod does not endorse what i'm about to say <laughs> it's not a, this is my own opinion honestly just you could just lie about going to college I, you know <laughs> who's gonna check Who's ever gonna check? I, I mean, don't my, condone I this. Say, <laughs> I say, I do resume. Depends, maybe on I the know, profession. All of us fucking jerk offs in the entertainment industry. If you're applying to be like a brain surgeon, if you want to be big in the social realm, you can lie. But if you want to apply for like bullshit jobs, like we all have, where you went to college. I'm not even kidding. It is such a conversation. It's just a conversation piece. It's a yeah. very, very expensive conversation piece, but it that really is, is for like look, look on Google, like like put what college you wish you had attended or aspire to, and then like go on Google Maps and like kind of know the street layouts, and then maybe join like a Facebook group or Twitter and follow so like you know the cool spots. From, yeah, like, like have your three fun facts ready. A professor you take. I just think like it's it's a bullshit. You know, like it, it's tough times. You gotta hustle. And you have to have a college degree to apply for the most like minimum wage BS jobs now. Chelsea's know? been working yeah. on the new season of Nathan for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a Rebecca Chelsea pop up on the East Coast that's really into horror, and everybody's <laughs> and, go- and went to Ohio State instead, and it's going to everyone's going to be like, now Sorry. I know <laughs> you're blowing up your own plan here, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's some jobs. It's ridiculous that they ha- require a college degree, and I think it's unethical. And you should just lie about having gone and to college. Honestly, and get, you... get yourself a job if you need it. Yeah, if you do, if you do a good job, are they gonna check? No, no, no. one's ever gonna check. Wait. Never in my life have I. I'm an artist, so uh, take that with a grain of salt. But never in my life has anyone checked to see if I actually had a college degree. Yeah, all this all, this is very specific. Yeah, this entire time, industry. Yeah. yeah, this entire time, everyone who's been listening is thinking to themselves, "Wait, Juno and Joel is Are gone from the, the podcast." <laughs> We just lie about shit. Degree. Oh yeah, Juno. Sega do oh, yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> so cl- clearly, clearly, this is not a a like problem. You know, like like people George, are crying right now, yeah, and they're like people they're, like, are crying, crying this minute, right? Right this minute, what 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 I mean though is that like you know. We're well, cool. Like, yeah, and people understand yeah. that like this yeah. group of people yeah. definitely deals with stress with comedy. Like we joke right. about stuff. Yes, yeah. this is yes, and and it is I, it is a bummer. Uh, I, it is a bummer mm-hmm. that we will not be regularly playing with Joel anymore. But but yeah. we did come to this. Uh, well, Joel came to this decision. Uh, uh, you know, you came to this decision, and you and I have been talking for a long time. This is this is something I want to get to. Let's just get in. Oh yeah. Um, this is something that you and I have been talking. J- J- Juno stepping back is something that you and I have been talking about for a long time. Even going almost because it almost happened with that first meeting with Nels way back at the beginning of season three. Right. Really? 
Yeah. Um, Joel came to me uh, way back and said, hey, I have this idea. It's a big swing. I don't know about it. What do you think? Um, and it was, it was a big, uh, a big move. Or I think, I think the exact term that you used, Joel, was big move in reference to Survivor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, yeah, and, and I was, I was initially taken aback, but it was something that, uh, when we talked about it and, and Joel explained where he was coming from and we talked about the, the story reasons for it. And as we went through this, you know, at the time that at the beginning of season three, a year ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> we did not we talked about it as like oh well this is kind of a big move uh maybe not the right time for this let's think about it keep thinking about it think about if you want to do a new character whatever and it, it nagged at us both uh i i think i don't you know i don't want to put words in your mouth joel but i think it did nag at us both of this idea is so interesting um to do and the character as we got through season three just started more and more moving to a place where we thought um, we've kind of taken this character as far as we can. Yeah, I think like what for for the journey that he was on. The reason I thought about it is because it could make it could have made sense at the beginning of season three, but I gave it some time and thought like, no, 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 I'm not ready to not be playing him yet. And then as time went on. I was thinking like, oh no, for for the for the direction of his arc, uh, especially the the cow boss stuff. Uh, thinking about community, sort of different ideas he's trying to live by. I thought it would eventually make sense, and then things happened in the story that just further solidified it for the character. And then it seemed really natural to kind of put him, uh, yeah, not out to pasture, but uh, put him in a place where he isn't adventuring, but he's still doing his mission. Yeah, and just to reiterate, um, you know, this is not a Mark Brandanowitz situation. Juno is alive and lives in Night's Pass <laughs> and um, will continue to um, do things in the background in Night's Pass. And should uh, the need arise, uh, Juno will be around um, for the team in Night's Pass. So uh, we have no concrete plans. That's just the nature of the story that, you know, it is still a mostly improvised show so um we don't know specifically when uh juno will be back but um juno uh is not dead and will not be gone forever so um if you know you can rest assured that one day uh uh juno will return um but uh some folks who asked about this specifically, uh, Helena, Jericho Numi, Fandom Weebs versus Memes, Madeline, uh, Madeline August, all uh, had questions about Joel uh, leaving the show and um, what led up to that decision. Uh, we, yeah, so it's a it's a change um, for sure. Uh, you know, we had discussed maybe. Um, a new character, but um, with all this other stuff that Joel is doing right now, which we're all very excited for him, um, and we're here to support him uh, in these new adventures in real life. Um, it's it's just uh, it's just time. It's just time. Oh, uh, what is that? Um, that that famous song by Hootie and the Blowfish. It's called 
Iola, I want to be with you. Time. Uh, it's called, uh, it's called time. Uh, 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 guys, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Russell just said time. It's a song called Time by Who Is it the Blowfish. Is it a title sequence for Friends? No. 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 Guys, for when years I thought... To pull. Yeah, I thought that was a Hootie and the Blowfish song because That's in Friends they go to what? a Hootie concert. Oh, and I was not like, nearly enough horns in there. <laughs> I don't know music very good. I don't know if you oh, listen no, to our this podcast. Is a fun, this but... is a fun Hootie song, Mike. I'm sorry. You're no friend of mine. Yeah, exactly. Time ain't no friend of mine. <laughs> I why would I listen to Hootie and the Blowfish when Dave Matthews Band is right there? James, you and I, oh, do, shit. we Are just they don't Mr. intersect Jones most of the time. Oh, that's Cali Krause. Oh my god, all those bands are the same to me. See, I'm just checked <laughs> out right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listener, do you know the song Breakdown by Tantric? <laughs> no, late night energy. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Joel, do you want to? Uh, I guess you kind of talked. You talked about like what led you to the decision. Is there any? Can you remember anything else specific, um, Joel, about any of those conversations that we had, or or yeah. or anything about like, you know, because we talked about like all of this just kind of made sense. Like there was just a bunch of like you had that conversation with Nils at the beginning of the season where you were like you should be doing these things and he was like dude i can't and then you went on this other adventure and he he was thinking and you learned when you came back to nights past that those words resonated with him um and part of that was the decision that we made um you know out of game and then part of that was it really was something that I felt made sense for the character of Nils was this, you know, it made sense to me that he would listen to Juno. And that that kind of helped the decision as well on my end of like, yeah, there's a role in Night's Pass for this character that makes more sense for him than going on the adventure. It's it's such a compliment. Uh, like I can feel Juno being like, oh, Nils listened <laughs> for, <laughs> for like their ups and downs. Uh, that's pretty amazing and yeah, yeah the 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 i think like it just made more and more sense once we had it in our minds i was thinking about it and for like the direction he was headed in and then it only just more and more solidified when the when he learned the revelation from ryleth exactly about how things went down with his kingdom and then dying i think that mm-hmm. it just crystallized this idea of like oh i can still do this good and I can do it in this place with a community. And that's sort of the direction that the his cow god wants him to head in. And he could easily die anytime. Yeah. The dying was really, no pun intended, but the last nail in the coffin for me. Like, <laughs> that really um, put me over the edge of, like, this is the right choice now. Like, this is, this is, this is the last big push that character needs to stay like that that really felt like the the really something that was big enough to justify that decision um that could make sense for the other to the other characters especially because flack also died um (laughs) and uh it 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 worked for me um as uh you know as strange as it will be um it, it it all makes sense and works for me uh as the as 
the macro kind of storyteller. Um, it'll be an adjustment for the rest of the team not having a healer, uh, but we'll get into how we're going to deal with that particular problem. Yeah, and I wanted to make it clear that like this is news to the rest of the team. All, we didn't know that these conversations mm. were being had between Joel and Gressel until the season finale happened and Juno, in, in fiction, announced to the team that he was deciding to stay in Night's Pass. Yeah, how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys feel about that? How, how, I mean, you know, we've we've talked obviously about how we all as people feel about Joel stepping back. Um, that's, you know, we're 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 all bummed, but happy for Joel. That's, you know, for us. Um, but in the in the game, how how do you how did you guys react to the character of Juno? What what do you guys think about? Well, I was fucking shocked. because uh i don't know our team just feels so whole with all five of us i mean before we started we were talking about doing the tables for two and you said that it would be the four weeks leading up to the new season i was like wait why only four when there are five of us oh fuck (laughs) uh it just it feels like feels like there's gonna be a big hole and it like i didn't see it coming I don't know. I thought that when he, Juno was asked to stay behind and we all went to the house, I thought it was going to be like we had three beats of people getting, um, um, uh, let's say, flack, got in trouble yeah. and had, <laughs> they had a talking to, which we thought was a talking to. Then he came mm-hmm. back and then I, uh, sorry, I, Fletch went to go um, get some scrolls and do this library thing. And then I came back and then Juno was like, oh, we need you over here. So, uh, okay, he'll go over there. And when he comes back, then he'll show us what he got, like a new item or what. Uh, I, I don't know. And then he was just like, oh, I'm going to stay and I'm leaving. Wait a minute. <laughs> I thought there was, I got a, there's, a, there's a pattern here. How did this? Yeah, what? Yeah, so and I was to James's little... point, like moving forward, there's, there is going to be a hole in our team. Like I think that we are characters who care about Juno, especially Marjorie cares about Juno and it's going to affect her as somebody who uh, is really people focused. The fact that this compatriot of hers who she trusted, like fortunately he's not dead. God, thank God he's not dead. Yeah. Um, but there, that absence will be felt for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And I think and that's also, I was going to say that's exciting. I, I'm curious to see how the characters react and, and how the, the team, uh, you know, what, what story possibilities are opened up. Mm-hmm. I've said this before, but, uh, one of my concerns is that we all have different playing styles and approaches when it comes to D and D and D. We have uh, Mr. James Gressel here yeah, writing what's all of wonderful our playing styles. James, yeah, tell us all of our playing styles. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you all of our playing styles, but I'll be happy to tell you mine because uh, I know that while Mr. James Gressel writes these intricate, complex, amazing <laughs> mythologies and backstories and folklore. My brain doesn't work well, uh, keeping everything intact. I usually have to to look at things or listen to things multiple times in order to really absorb it. Don't have the time to do that with the D&D. So I have been relying on Joel and Beth to mm. carry the, uh, you know, the, the intricacies of the story forward while I just sit in the background and make goofs as as flack. And so now I'm just a little concerned that half of that 
team is gone. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm going to be I'm like, wait, actually take notes. So. <laughs> yeah, I might have to actually take a little bit more detailed yeah, notes. Now. It's definitely the group oh, project pay phenomenon attention. of like. <laughs> Sorry, Chelsea. Like I, I pay attention you. during, but then as soon as we yeah, cut, yeah. 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 half of it gets flushed away. Yeah, it's. Um, what were you saying, Chelsea? I I stepped on you. No, I was saying it. I it's like the group project dynamic, which <laughs> <laughs> it's rare that I'm on the end of it where I'm thinking you're not you oh other people can do this stuff i'll, I'll take just... the info you give me and yeah. present it in an exciting way but <laughs> that has value <laughs> i i i'm not i'm not too concerned i i i think that um you know where there will be you know without getting uh without revealing anything really there's going to be some changes for season four um and uh i think that you know, I'm working really hard to make it so that you guys uh, can keep um, better track of that and have the resources to uh, to do that. So yeah, I that was going to something... say it's it's really nice to have such a reliable DM because even with this change, um, th- what you're insinuating, James, is that now like the lore carrying falls entirely on my shoulders all of a sudden. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't I don't feel put upon because I trust that. Gressel will make sure that that doesn't uh, cripple our podcast. Right. Yeah, I just don't want to disappoint Gressel. The only time that you guys came close to oh, disappointing please. me was when it took you so long to put together that the moms were the, were the leaf in the moon. Oh. Oh, that's not I, thought, I thought you were going to say bad. when it took us three hours to kill a immobile yeah. mushroom or whatever. I, I, I will say that, that yesterday, uh, yesterday we were playing. Um, we were Joel and I were playing a different game that I'm DMing with some friends. I'm running. Uh, I just started running Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, which just came out of uh, one of the official adventures from from D and D. Oh, is that a new one? Um, it's just a brand new. Came out Tuesday. We did our, our first session yesterday. Oh, nice! Uh, it's a really cool adventure. I'm really excited to be running it, um, and I'm really excited that I get to keep playing with Joel. Yeah. Um, it was so funny. It was the first fight, and everybody was doing very well. And I said to everybody, "You're you're doing better than almost every fight that's ever happened on D and D." Well, you know what? That kind of hurts, man. That does kind of hurt. All right, buddy. I feel like our fights Why don't you go make a cool. podcast with them, then? Yeah, get him, man. Get out of here. We can't kick our DM out. We can't. We can't. Just <laughs> Oh. Uh, no. Uh, the 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 mushroom fight notwithstanding, you guys are amazing, and I'm not. Wor- I'm not worried about um that part of the show going forward. Um, but thank you, Beth, for. <laughs> saying that I'm reliable. Um, so we've got a bunch of questions from uh, from listeners. That's what this episode is for. Um, that was big news. I wanted to get to it up top. Um, I'm sure we'll probably address other things, uh, address it more as other things come up. Um, but uh, again, um, you know, this isn't uh, acrimonious. Um, we, you know, it was just time. It was just one of those things. And we're here to support Joel and all of his future endeavors. And he will be back on the show at some point in the future. Yeah. And likewise, um, I, I love, I love making the show. I also love the show. So, uh, I'm excited for all the, the exciting things that are coming up for the show. 
well when your next sh- when you launch your your next show or if or if cat if if ineffable blows up and is bigger than us uh, <laughs> remember the, us. the niche podcast about cats 2019 becomes yeah. all the rage <laughs> nothing's happened in the world for the public consciousness to move on from <laughs> cats, true. so you're good there uh, we need cat escapism now yeah. i was gonna say yeah, right? i think that movie was the last movie no it's invisible man no i know i was i you that I was saying that's the last movie a lot of people saw. Oh, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah like the last oh, no, good movie, the clearly. Man. Chelsea. Um, actually. Um. Yeah, um, actually. <laughs> but Mike and I, for Mike and I, it was Cats. Yeah. Mm. Whoops. I have no I'm regrets so about that. It was not Cats for me. Although I did, <laughs> the experience was singular, even though that movie is garbage. That's so um, kind. That's so beautiful to you for you to say. The experience <laughs> was singular. And I wish I didn't have it. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, All right. I want to start with a section. We got a lot of questions um, in a particular genre that uh, I'm going to start with. Um, So let's see. There are uh, 14 of these. Whoa. And I'm just going to burn through them because they all have the same answer. Uh, So... First of all, for Gressel, this is from uh, Koira Grimm from, on the Reddit. Uh, for Gressel, do you have a plan for Amar and Fletch? Spoilers. Uh, next one is from Captain Blank. Uh, <laughs> when is your, the next Festigoat? Because I loved Gerb Tim uh, and the Extremes. Also, I love your chemistry together. It feels like you guys are actually family. Spoilers. Uh, the next one's from Elksridge <laughs> on Reddit. Oh my God. Uh, is, Ryleth, uh, is a Ryleth redemption arc on the table? Spoilers. Uh, the next one's from... This is the whole episode, folks. Yeah. <laughs> this is Russell's bitter 14 question run. <laughs> the next one's from Wax Museum on Reddit. Uh, now that Juno is staying in Night's Pass, what will you do? Spoilers. Thank you for your question. Ben <laughs> oh, spoiled. Aura Master 312 on Reddit asks, uh, will the characters from the one-shot ever come back? Spoilers. Thank you for your question. Uh, Jericho Numi on the Reddit asks, um, what happened to Guiyu? Well, that's not really a spoiler. It's Did she get back to the other side, or is she still in the village? You can't even play a little bit of fan fiction for the fans, wow. dude. She, she, uh, she eventually found her way home, where she now leads a her own temple and became the high priestess and lived happily ever after. That's oh, just how George oh, R. R. Martin feels at Q and A's about like this random hedge night. What happened, <laughs> to <them>? dude? I... <laughs> uh, has the team seen Amara post Fletch memory loss? And for the love of God, if not, win. Spoilers. Albert Spate uh, from the Reddit asks, could you give us some sort of teaser of sorts for season four? Just a little teaser, dude. Don't say spoilers. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, Consumables will become a much bigger part of the show. Oh, Oh, yeah? yeah, You're into the edibles? What's a consumable? (laughs) You blaze it, bruh. (laughs) Uh, Like potions and shit. Um, Okay. Pots. Give us some pots. (laughs) Mike! What? Give us some pots. That's what we say in Diablo. Oh? Well, at least me and my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's that that's that LOD slang. LOD slang. Yeah, it's a pot. Spencer Kinsey on the Reddit asks, is Juno gonna come back in the future to help out and he will be getting his own (laughs) late night energy? No, I'm having fun. Uh, <laughs> Juno will come back in the future. We did talk about that, so that is a little bit of a spoiler. But uh, there will not be a spinoff called Tales of the Milk Boy. 
Spencer. Oh. <laughs> Did you write that? Wow, you Chelsea just had a plugged it. I guess it's just like such a weird. Milk boy. Spencer also asked Flack and Juno both died based on precedent. They saw the afterlife. What did they see and what was it like? Spoilers. Oh, Whoa. no. Dang. That's in really? fact not a spoiler because now we know there's something. Yeah, he just <gasps> revealed a spoiler revealed by, a spoiler by... <sighs> revealing a spoiler. What? Oh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Blood oh, bang. you did. Yeah, I feel Emailed. you definitely did. Hit him down, uh, babies. You did. You did. Similarly, Bloodbane emailed and asked, what, uh, what did Juno see in the formless void? Um, we'll never know. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I want to know, they, too. Yeah, uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe we'll find out because spoilers. Jacob asks, <laughs> uh, will death <laughs> ever this become- This is the worst <laughs> Q&A episode <laughs> of all time. No uh, are we gonna... <laughs> we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into real ones, but I just All like cues. I just want to, you know, like people keep asking these questions, and like you got to listen to the show. It's I feel a like story. We need, we need an ad break at this point, and then we'll have <laughs> Russell say, "Hey, well, thank you so much for listening to D and D and D." Oh yeah, get the well, soft voice in here. J- Jacob and Josh, <laughs> Jacob and Josh and Luke also emailed questions that are. Um, spoilers so thank you to everyone who who <laughs> a- asked those questions however you do have to listen to the show because it's a story and it's about the journey what it's do not you about skip the destination. to like chapter 52 are you just gonna read the middle yeah. part of that is that snape is that snape <laughs> sure chapter 52 what if it what? is and i just snipe snape. that oh yeah oh i know yeah it's like turn to pay whatever he says yeah yeah oh. wait what um Harry Potter. It's a Harry 352. Potter 352. So, yeah. Um, I guess we can... Uh, answer uh, some yeah. questions? We'll answer some real questions now. Hell yeah, um, dude. Well, hey, so, let's say those, those were all real questions. Yeah, dude. Don't discount those questions as Don't not dis- real questions. Yeah, Luke, who's question you didn't even read. invested in the story. Luke <laughs> wants to know, Flax, how is he not already married to Kerber? And I have the same question. Uh... <sighs> Maybe we'll find out. How is he Maybe. not already married to Kerber? A, yeah, I mean, he they, just got they, back. they went, they went on, on one day, yeah. and then Luke, he what's he your romantic history looking like? Luke gets uh, to the point. He's like, "Hey, listen, we went on one date. You were gone for a long time, and now you we're managed married. my home. Now we're Noth- married. Yes. Yeah, nothing screams marriage other like complete absenteeism <laughs> and <laughs> running a household. Um, oh God, oh, no. it's uh. So yeah, so thank you. In all sincerity, I know that I was <laughs> I was being uh, a bit of a of a butt with uh the with the spoiler questions. Um, in all sincerity, thank you for asking. I love that you guys are invested in the story and care about what happens. Um, but uh, please listen to the story to find out. Um, I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna no cheating. All of it will be explained. Do you imagine what a power move it would be for you to just tell everybody the answers to this with like us here open jawed? Right. Like, what uh, are you doing? Here is a fun fact. When Joel and I uh when Joel and I had our conversation where Joel told me um that he was leaving the show, uh we had, you know, we had like a long, heartfelt conversation about it and and everything. Yeah. Um and then at the end I realized I could tell him shit. Mm. <laughs> oh. the really? he told me one thing i asked and he told me and immediately i felt like oh no I, i'm gonna not ask anything else because 
because I I don't I like the story. I like being told things in that order that <laughs> I, I didn't like knowing extra things. I could unburden myself. <laughs> um because I can't talk about the, it drives me nuts. I can't talk about Ooh. story with you guys. It just drives me nuts. I lo- I just love it so much, and I value you guys your guys' opinion as as artists and storytellers so much that I wish I could just talk. I wish I could just workshop everything like a writer's room with you because you're so fun to talk about the story with. But I can't uh-huh. because you're playing the story. <laughs> oh. uh, all right. Um, but let's get into some questions that we can't answer. Some questions about stuff that did happen. Um. The something that was on everybody's mind was the subject of death, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because we did have our first uh, player character deaths this season with Juno and Flack, of course. Uh, the first question I wanted to address uh, is uh, something that a few people kind of hinted at uh, variations on the same theme, but why axis 68 on the Reddit asks, why does Gressel want to kill everyone? Isn't a TPK, a total party kill, a sign of a bad DM? I don't want to <gasps> kill anyone. I don't. Wow. I Do really, you, truly hey, don't. Are you a bad DM? Because this whole time I thought you were really good. It's possible I'm not good. But you <laughs> I don't know. think so. <laughs> um, That's a sign of a bad DM. I, I, I think what he's talking about is if you have a situation where you over overpower an encounter against the party, put them up against something they don't have, don't really have a chance of of defeating, mm. and then they the entire party gets wiped out. If you were to fight, if you were to be like level four and fight a dragon, the dragon would obliterate you, and then you the entire party is dead. Something like that would not be good. DMing. Well, I feel like they might they might not have listened to the mushroom episode because we spent an hour and a half fighting <laughs> yeah. a, a mushroom and we none of well, I mean we had trouble with it. But <laughs> that was on our, that was our fault. Yeah. Also, like get good, <laughs> like be better at D and D. Us, well, like idiot. just don't let your DM kill you. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, I don't want to kill everyone. I really, truly don't. I want there to be stakes and for things to feel intense and for there to um, have the threat of death. Um, but I am, believe it or not, on the party's side. Uh, I want you guys to succeed, but I want you to have to earn it. Um, you know, conflict is where we get drama from. Um, if things were too easy, we wouldn't have that. And even though this is a comedy show, you still need that drama to make an engaging story. Um, what about so, NPCs? Do you like killing them? Oh, that's I, a good you, question. You usually kill them, dude. Yeah, you yeah, do. yeah, a lot of people asked about that as well. Uh, Joel, if you, if you look around in the, sh- in the question sheet, if you find anybody who asked about um, killing NPCs, you can call them, call them out. Oh, yes. Um, uh, yeah, Aura Master asked if, oh, if you could bring one, oh, this is not quite, but they they did want to know if you could bring an NPC back, who would it be and why? Uh, they suggested Tim, but maybe also Rat Trap. Oh, I'll, I'll turn that over to you guys. Is there anybody who, any NPC who's dead that you would want to mm. bring back for any reason? No. They're, they all know what they did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, no, um, Majumbo. Malik? Malik. Yeah, Malik. Why was I thinking Maj- Majumbo? Majumbo is his uncle. Yes, yeah, Malik. From, that was, he was from season one. Season yeah, one. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
What'd you say that? <laughs> Let's see, James, you listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the guy gave me a flute. Flute? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that. Well, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. That's... <gasps> Well, <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, why do you hate or why do you love killing all my stuff, dude? Yeah, dude. Why do you kill all um, this stuff? That's my question. <laughs> well, uh, we can. Uh, oh, the Dumbo octopus thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's 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 it. That's hard to bring back. But then, who would I put on the logo? There is death and stakes in this world i kill npcs so that it, it feels real and it feels like a dangerous adventure like you know this is a serious high fantasy world where there's serious high fantasy stakes that's why i kill npcs i don't do it out of some like ha ha ha, ha i'm going to kill tim now like that's <laughs> that's what i because Malik was like fighting for an ideal, but Tim just like wandered into it the wrong situation <laughs> on his first Same try. With Same with Rat Trap. Yeah, fuck Tim. I didn't know him. Fuck <laughs> Rat Trap. That guy was a dick. He was a dick, but like just being a dick doesn't mean you gotta die. Get eaten by rats. <laughs> eaten by rats. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. So Zandaz on the Reddit asks, "Why do you want to kill Juno and Flack? I don't. I don't <laughs> want to kill anybody." That happened because of the situation that the adventurers put themselves into. A perilous situation results in peril. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so let's see. Oh, uh, uh, one person asked, Spencer Kinsey asked uh, me and James, what was it like to leave the call? And I want to hear, uh, yeah, I want to compare notes with James. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, uh, it happened to you first. Right. Um, so, so for me, yeah. because of what I knew, I was, I was both, I was shocked and I did go to pet my cat, but also like the, like the, the emotion was real of like, oh no, really? But all, part of it was like, I was planning to go, but this seems like such a dumb way to go. I really hope I don't, but it was also like, I was planning to retire the character so i guess and then i was i was so happy uh when margarine was able to like organically no no punches pulled bring him back yeah it's so funny because that question phrases it as like what was what was it like and i know it, it's like you know emotionally what is it what was it like to get kicked off the call but i'm just thinking like what you know all of it was it is james Click ending the Zoom call and then just going and doing some other stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to go cook like... dinner because <laughs> yeah. I was hungry and I like put on uh, put on the stove and start. And then Chelsea was like, "James, come back!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, what the fuck? That was fast." Uh, I I don't know how I felt when it happened. I guess I was I was surprised. And then you know I remember in, in our first table for two. I don't know if I said it publicly, but I know at some point I told you. I, I could see Flack getting killed and maybe me rolling up a new character. Mm. But at this point, I'm much more attached to him. And so if he were to die for realsy, I would get uh, pretty sad. But so basically, I, I was kind of hoping that it would somehow get reversed. But maybe um, after I had made food because I was really hungry. <laughs> so <laughs> the, fact, the fact that it happened in like 60 seconds or less <laughs> was just like, well, what kind of game are we playing here? Yeah, yeah. To be, like, honestly, as one of the two people who helped bring you back, I felt the same way. 
I was very much like, this is not okay. You were kind of mad. I was a little mad. You were kind of mad, yeah. Because I care about- Make it permanent. Yeah, I care yeah. about D&D. I want this story to to have interesting stakes and to mean something. And the fact that um, what happened with Juno was such a quick reversal just by serendipity of this like long-running bit about him holding on to this sky- scythe of the times that then got destroyed, that then was turned into this whip, and that then was the only thing left of him in this moment. It was like kind of exciting and thrilling for that to be the avenue for which him to come for which him to come back. Um, mm-hmm. And so oh, I'm sorry, black fans, but I made a joke about, oh, do we wish for him to come back? And James was like, you do. <laughs> you have you have spoken the the literal magic words and through big magic you are now able to to reform his body which was very cool in that spaghetti clown got to rest and now flack is actually back yeah and again that happened right as i started to grow attached to spaghetti clown <laughs> <laughs> and so i came back and then that was over and i was like oh, well, i want to talk okay. about spaghetti clown for a moment because you were mad Oh, I was legit mad, mad yeah. but by the end of the same session, I had had started to come to terms with it. But for a little bit, like the shock of it having happened, mm-hmm. and because like I said, I've grown more attached to Flack. And so when I was told, oh no, Flack doesn't exist right now, you're a spaghetti clown. You're this <laughs> stupid fucking poster of this thing with a giant fork. I, and oh, and by the way, all your shit's gone too. Yeah, I I got a little bit upset, but uh, then as I like started to fall into the the Tim Curry Pennywise voice and uh, lean into just how like mad Flack was about being <laughs> Flagetti, <laughs> then I was like, oh wait, this could be funny, and so I started to have a lot of fun with it. And then as soon as I love it, it it's so away. weird. I got so many tweets from people I didn't know spaghetti clowns were a thing, and. It's. I think it's just. It might be such a specific like era of home decoration mm-hmm. from like World Market from the two thousands that maybe our younger listeners didn't have parents whose kitchens were I, just themed like I, that. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it. I thought you were really? joking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I, saw <laughs> yeah. So I knew about I, it. Oh, and if you were watching the um the live listed on Wednesday of that episode, I just started. Putting pictures of Spaghetti Clown on the stream. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so people I, would have uh, that visual representation. I oh. I I uh, was talking to my mom after we recorded that episode, and I was like, "Let me. All right, you're not going to understand ninety percent of what I'm about to tell you, but let me tell you what just happened." <laughs> um, and and she understood enough to uh, get all of her Tuscan kitchen bullshit together. Oh, and, ta- and take a picture of it and send it to to me and, <laughs> and was like, do you want me to mail it to James and Chelsea? I was like, no, keep yes. your stuff. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like st- the Spaghetti Clown poster, though, is still up in my parents' oh my kitchen. God. You got walls to decorate no, now, okay. dude. Here's the, like, <laughs> oh, James we, is we, like James full and I talked, Spaghetti Clown now. James and I t- talked about <laughs> yeah. this and we both like made an agreement that because the idea of like having more space to decorate with is very cool and but we we both always come dangerously close to just making entire rooms into bits and I'm like we can't. <laughs> like, 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 pepper jars and yeah, spaghetti like, no, clouds. Yeah, we are not doing an ironic 2000s custom <laughs> kitchen because yeah. at that point it's just this is our kitchen and I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be funny for a little bit and I would be very annoyed at how shitty it looks. <laughs> 
Uh, on the man. topic of Flax's death, Spaghetti Clown's death, I do. I mm. wish I could go back and retcon that and give the the uh, the uh, uh, oh, what's the word for it? I want Stormy. I want Fletch to take the credit for bringing him back mm-hmm. because it was more so Fletch than it was Margarine. Like, yeah, I said the magic word, but Fletch was the one who wanted that to be said. Yeah. He was yeah. the one who was really uh, yeah. working for. For Black to come back, that was like a Twitch moment. chat yeah. was all like, "Oh, good job, Marjorie. And I'm just sitting there like it, it was Fletch the whole time. Yeah, I, I think that part I, of that is because it it was so close to Marjorie saving Juno. Mm-hmm. Oh, she gets to save two people. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 she's no. the I, I will say, oh, Okay, I will say that canonically, the way that the magic works and going forward, how it will ripple out because this will have consequences. Really? Not, not to yeah, not to Spoil. get into spoilers. Um, but uh, you know this will have consequences death will have consequences a lot of people asked nice. about like you know did you have a plan if they actual d- actually died did you know stuff like that um, uh, um, yeah Guy Martin asked like what if Marjorie hadn't saved Juno um, uh, yeah can you speak to that what would have ni- happened nice hawk uh, 0000 uh, asked on the reddit um uh, about you guys, what did you guys feel like when you got kicked off? Um, uh, um, yeah, so a couple people asked about um, uh, what would happen. Adam Ingram a- asked um, if your character died, would you uh, would you roll a new character? Um, James, you talked about that a little bit. Um, what what would have happened if if Joel, you you want you want me to talk about like what would have happened if if Marjorie hadn't have saved you? Yeah, I'm curious because at the time we yeah. were thinking like maybe, I don't know, like would he have shown up in a later part of the volcano or join the story again later? Well, in that specific instance, um, it's a little bit different because like I knew that Ju- Juno was leaving. Right. Um, so there would have been a kind of separate deal for Juno that would have been different from like if Flack was dead. So I I won't talk about that because that's a separate thing that I'm going to keep um under wraps um but because Juno I knew that Juno was going out um there would have been a little thing to kind of wrap up Juno um and I don't really know like if a it would have been no 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 like a like a like a purgatory kind of journey like a like a Ooh. like he he would have gone on like his own like there would have been sessions with like just me and Joel oh. that would have been like a little bit of a divine comedy thing um but um we didn't have to do that and i i loved the whip i think like i was so excited uh when beth <laughs> did that and i was i and and with um with Flack, with with Mike, when you you, I love the character connection between Fletch and Flack, and 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 that bringing playing into it. Um, so like these these moments really worked for me at a character level, and that's part of the reason why I I wanted so badly for them to work. Um, uh, you know, Fletch and Flack have had this kind of two season and continuing. Um, you know, relationship that's been building, um, and I love that that's kind of building and continuing. So, um, yeah, I think that um, uh, uh, Dean, uh, 
Dean Gilodskin Jellos. Jesus. What? I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to say someone's Reddit Reddit name, and I'm sorry. Um, Gene the Spaghetti Clown. It's 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 D'Angelo, man. It's D'Angelo. Oh, it is D'Angelo. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Snicklick. D'Angelo S. Nicklack. Yeah. D'Angelo. <laughs> hey, hey, so I didn't know. I didn't know where the break was. <laughs> oh, I didn't know where man. the last name started and the first name ended. It's all one word and then numbers. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. Energy. I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. Hope you're giggling. Um, D'Angelo asks, um, "Were you actually going to kill Juno off?" Yeah, I I fucking was. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Um, wow. Juno would have been dead. Um, he would have had a little bit of a journey, but he would have been dead. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. So um, that makes me scared for like the inevitable event in oh. which another one of us gets in trouble. Gressel's like, "Yep, they they're gonna be dead. <laughs> He'll be dead. He'll be dead." Um, <laughs> so yeah. So thanks to everybody who asked questions about. Um, uh, about death. Uh, Joshua asks, what was the mood when editing episode 98? That was the one where Juno died and was brought back. Uh, I was really excited to edit that one. Um, there was a mood, though. Yeah, there definitely was a mood. There and was there were mood. questions, too, about how to, to end it. We yeah. had three um, separate cuts for that one episode. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, how, did you cut any of oh, our yeah. pause? Because when, when Joel no. left the... Okay. Okay. I, I left I left those like eight minutes or whatever it was yeah, pretty much untouched. Yeah, because I was I, there was I, a long it was all pause. real. Yeah. Yeah. Um it was all real. Joel uh had had the, the sound uh editing choice of putting in the chime of leaving the Zoom call. Good call. Which I thought was a really great uh choice because um what we were reacting to was seeing his uh, his face go away on the on the you know on the zoom call mm -hmm. and so when i'm like oh my god it's real um that joel put that little sound in to cue that the audience to that which i thought was a really good choice but yes i had three different endings we didn't know where to end that episode um do we play it out and let him come back do we is it a cliffhanger uh we went back and forth originally beth felt very strongly about letting it all play out mm -hmm. We had done the cliffhanger at one point with Fletch, and so I was like, it, it would be cheap to our listeners to do this again when it is so quickly reversed. Uh, but then when we were listening to the cuts, like our us dealing with him not being there. Felt, That's right. It felt so heavy that uh, reversing it so quickly would do a disservice to the episode. I remember mm -hmm. you sending us the three audio files and discussing yeah. like which one hits the hardest. And we're like, yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Usually, I don't uh, cool. consult any of you guys with right. editorial no. choices. That was just such so, a huge moment that yeah. we needed to. Yeah, and I'm definitely. glad you did because yeah, I feel like we made the right call. Some people sent in questions for individual characters, and we're going to do table for two episodes, um, like we did after season two. So we're going to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with uh, everybody um, about their characters. So if you if you asked a question about a specific character. Uh, we will address that um, in that episode. But there is one thing that I do want to 
address here that is spe character specific. Um, Austin emailed us and also posted on the Reddit about the wild magic surges, and there are people who are vocally uh, <laughs> upset. I didn't realize it was such an issue. Yeah, about why Zabbis's <laughs> spell doesn't also happen in in you know concurrently with wild magic. Um, we Chelsea and I made a decision when we started to just fucking go for it because we thought that it would be funnier. It is funnier. Yeah, and it resulted <laughs> like, in some I, of it the just most. Is funnier. Yeah, it resulted yeah. in some of the most crazy, um, uh, scenarios in the podcast. I think. So pe yeah, people people feel like you're being punished or that it's unfair to you. Oh no. <laughs> I like it doesn't feel that way at all. I would be. I don't know. It allows me to have more fun. It also makes me use my spells a lot more thought. Fully, um, I think we are gonna have to figure out though. Once I start um, continuing to level up, yeah, yeah. what we're, we're gonna we're do gonna, because we're gonna we'll talk about it more in the table for two. But now that you are getting to a higher level, it is much yeah, more like, of an we'll issue. To, yeah, we're gonna have to retool this a little bit yeah. because now the odds are just absolutely ridiculous, right. and it's like, <laughs> well, now I can't do yeah. anything. But, <laughs> but part of that was Zabbis is this teenage boy and the wild magic is a problem and it's part of him being a teenager and like, yeah. you know, he's getting older now and maybe he's getting a handle on things, you know, mm. as yeah. as we do as we get not teenagers anymore. So, um... <laughs> as we get like, as we grow not up. teenagers as we get, anymore. Not te Late night energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um. <laughs> so thank you, Austin, for for asking the question. Um. And yeah, I'm glad it, we could address yeah, that finally. There are a lot of you know there were a couple there are a couple questions that are very specific to rules as written or rules as interpreted. Um. Yeah, and thank you so much for caring enough about our podcast to ask yeah. these questions too. Like that, yeah, this, that this matters to you means a lot to us. Yeah, and and uh, you know. You're passionate about people are passionate about D and D, which is great. Um, I I just got ru running this other game that I'm doing with Joel. I'm like back into like real D and D world, which is fun and exciting and and inspiring for me in new ways. Um, but this campaign and this world is not real D and D. So, um, if you're looking for rules as written stuff or even rules as interpreted or specific D and D lore things like Austin also asked about, you know, used, you know, the term uh weave, which is the way that magic works in the forgotten realms and in D and D, you know, official D and D stuff. Um that's not part of this world. It's just it's this is a this is This is a do what's fun. My, yeah, this is version. a do what's fun world that's yeah. my world that's inspired by D and D um and takes a lot from it. Uh but um it's it's you know things are different here and it's because we're making this as a show to be consumed by people for entertainment so we're trying to do things um for fun and for you know for a show that's um so it's just a little bit different uh you know when i'm running this other game i'm running it much more to the rules um and it's just different they're just different kinds of stories so I hope that you can, uh, you know, get on on board with uh, the way that we're telling the story and let some of the rules slide. Um, but thank you for asking that question, everybody who did. 
Uh, somebody asked, what was the food theme going to be for the Lich Battle? This is from Shadow67 on the Reddit. Uh, it was going to be sushi. Oh, mm. oh man. <laughs> that sounds so good. We stopped asking because season three was all building towards sushi. Oh. <laughs> it would be good sushi. We too, did stop it? asking. It was just a disappointment every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what would this week's be? Oh, oh I just imagine it, I suppose. <laughs> yep. And there was always sadness, Gressel, from your voice on the other end of like, I couldn't make this for you. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, I'm... You should have just started getting weird with it. Be like, yeah, the season finale, Fugu. Prepared by me, <laughs> a n- not expert chef. <laughs> Would have poisoned everybody. <laughs> you die in the game? You die yeah. in real life? Somebody asked that. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, if you were going to prepare Fugu for so, us? No, no, no. Somebody was like, if the players die, did they die in real life? Who asked that? Yeah, let's call him out. Who was that? Yes. Who asked oh, that man, question? That would be so weird. It is. It's James weird. McBoy on Reddit asked uh, if I would murder any of you <laughs> if your characters died. <laughs> That's such like 80s satanic panic D&D bullshit. <laughs> Keep it up. That was a thing during... Yeah, it was like sure. a kid died... Uh, Unfortunately, I think he was like a high schooler committed suicide. But part of the thing was that, like, or the controversy was that he was playing D and D, and there's like death spells. So then it became like, oh, did his friends? Uh, oh man, ca- yeah, cast yeah. a death spell. Yeah, no, um, no. Uh, can I ask you a cross? Uh, uh yes, question? of course. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the thing that we did that disrupted your story the most that you had to rewrite or did you have to change anything based on any of our actions? Like what oh, was the God. biggest I told, I told you guys this. I know. I want I want <laughs> I want everyone to know. Uh okay, I love so it. I forget exactly where. I think he was I think it was on the boat. Oh, uh, Oh, I think it was in the tavern, maybe? It was that early? I think so. Okay. When he was talking, when Flack was talking Flack, to them all? Flack was talking to one of the tabaxi. I don't remember exactly which one. You, I'm sure listeners will probably remember. I know what um, you're going to say. This Guys, hold on to your butts, because it's about yeah. to get wild. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Flack was talking to one of the tabaxi, and I forget how we got there, but I said... I improvised, well, we do have nine lives. (laughs) Yeah, that's so, like, what? And that changed the entire story. I had to rewrite everything. From from that point on, everything that I had planned for season three, all the lore uh, had to be rewritten to fit into, well, why do they have nine lives? Um, and it became like the crux of season three, which was supposed to be like a tiny little ghost story for Halloween. Um, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And ended up taking a year and becoming this huge, big thing. So the, the, the nine lives, the curse of Ivacome, the, the splitting of his soul, the, the like 
un- perpetual undeath of the island with the the ghosts being remnants of these lives because they've been caught in this state where they can't pass on and all of this all of that happened because of that little yes and and it changed everything um that's mind blowing i love that yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> Which is the biggest improv. Someone asked, um, somebody asked, oh, shit, where is it? Oh, shit, dude. What the most, what was the most improvising that I had to do? And and the answer in in a specific episode is is the Guild Hall, which I think we talked about the last uh, discussion. That was almost entirely improvised by me. Uh, uh, Zoltan uh, sent us an email and asked which episodes featured the most improv it was the the specifically episodes it was the guild hall but but the biggest change because of an improvisation was the nine lives <laughs> um which i'm very grateful for what a gift that was james um because it i ended up loving it it it, it fits so nicely with the the bigger themes of the story and like you know like nine is such a like thing uh yeah, in james, this story thanks for that one james good job you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. So, can you give us a peek behind the curtain, like a general idea of what it would have been about without that? Ooh, yeah. That's yeah a good so question. I think that I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have been a lot more straightforward. It would have been a lot more straightforward. It just would have been, um, you know, like it would have been a more straightforward ghost story. No ghost pirates, though. No ghost pirates. Nope. Oh, um, I love the ghost pirates. I love that whole, yeah. the whole boat. Yeah, section. we got to get all of our ships in this season. Nope. <laughs> God, you guys are great on boats. But some of the best episodes have been on Russell, boats. Russell like put his foot down. He's like, no, no more boats. boats. <laughs> no more boat yeah. episodes. There's too many. And now he's over here being like, you guys are so good on boats. We're so good at but no more boats. boats. Well, that last no more bo- the, yeah, the, la- the ghost ship stuff. Uh, we just started playing Sea of Thieves, so we we're like all about boat stuff. So I felt like <laughs> right. overly uh-huh. confident being on a boat that time. And then Gressel was like, "No more boats." And I was like, "No, we're, just, <laughs> we're so confident now." We've been playing a video uh, game, and now we're boat experts. Damn yeah. it! Now you're now you're all proficient vehicles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, here's another plot question from Koira Grimm on, uh, via the Reddit, uh, for the team. What are your speculations about the Ombrecoast Trading Company? Who are they and what do they want? Do you guys have any, do you guys have any theories? (laughs) What does he do? Um, (laughs) I don't know how to answer this without, like. Showing your cards. Yeah, because I kind of want, uh, me the improviser and Marjorie the character to go on this journey together because I have an idea of what it is and I've actually shared it with Gressel um, and Gressel quietly twirled his mustache and was like, mm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Gressel. <laughs> um, but do I say it here? Hey, maybe I'll ask Gressel. Should I say my theory here? Uh, that is up to you. Fuck. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I will, you know, I won't say anything. No so. I think Okay, what I'll say, I think the Ombre Coast Trading Company is a, a pyramid scheme of identity. And I'll just leave it at that. What? <laughs> yep. Does that even Just going to leave it there and walk <laughs> away. Interesting. I think there are a bunch of uh, vampires that are trying to take over the world. 
Well, the world is a vampire. <laughs> what? My guess is That's that they for, are... <laughs> I, I think they're kind of a, like, magical version of, like, a big box store. <laughs> like, they want to just take mm. over all trade. You know, and be like the only providers of stuff. It's really any business, right? So the bad hombres are like yeah, but a, I'm, a mall mart. They're, mall yeah, they're as like the Spanish for bad. Valley, that like Walmart thing. <laughs> oh, you have the option or whatever. The yeah, book. they're like that. They're like that. Or <laughs> Joel's sitting there, like I know the answer. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I think I've been told like a, the, the one thing I asked about. Was a little bit related to this, so I, I don't know if I can. It's a little I, bit related, but it's yeah. not. You don't have the full picture on the OCTC. Okay. Uh, Molly related. Molly asked us via email: uh, Is the OCTC inspired by the East India Company? Yes, it absolutely is. Though the Dutch East India Company, specifically the fir- the world's first publicly traded corporation. I think Whoa. I'm on the right track then. So <laughs> if that gi- if that gives you any hints. Uh, let me just Google East India Company and vampires. <laughs> oh. Stuff probably will come up. Um, <laughs> well, I just love it as, like, in other fantasy stories, I don't know of a villain, or, or in most stories, I don't know of a villain in this kind of setting where there is a faceless corporation, like, with a, a machine moving seemingly on its own, and that it's, like, colonialism, like, and, and like, trade... And capitalism are like the ultimate villains of this machine. Like, I just love that. It's such a good idea. Yeah, there's a lot of stories that conclude with like, but capitalism is good, actually. And you you end the show like, <laughs> Wait, I am told to which, like this. Which stories have that? A shark's as tale. A message. Does it? Cla- classic animated film, Shark's Tale. <laughs> I just watched it thinking. Kind of. Pr- Princess Mononoke kind of <laughs> is like, there's a balance like at the mm. end. You know. I, I can go there's on about the value of, of Princess Mononoke. Um, I think the balance there is There's plenty of movies where the, the... There's a lot of movies where I feel like the final moral is like encouraging competition and freedom of choices yeah and i just finished a korean <laughs> drama like, that like yeah it's just like business is good yeah. just find a girlfriend at the end and it'll all work out and i'm like mm. love yeah probably not how things are gonna work out on this but um <laughs> oh. the world is a vampire oh while we're on the uh octc sam g emailed us and says why doesn't the group sell the overcoast trading company the bag of holding what? That's our most, why would we yeah, get rid of would, our favorite fucking thing? Very valuable. Flat, our, yeah. our broken item. <laughs> They're gonna rip us Never. off anyway. I mean, it is full of acorns right now, so it could be like a fun gag. <laughs> That's they specifically mentioned the acorns. <laughs> um, uh, I'm with you, bro. <laughs> Uh, uh, Michael Prop Hater asks, I, I just on the lore questions tab that I assembled, um, in the Divine Cosmology episode, you talked about how the different planes, like the Feywild and Shadowfell, were different elemental planes or accidents and that happened since, and that's how they all came together. Uh, what about the Abyss or the Nine Hells or other um, elemental planes? Those all, this is related to what I talked about earlier, where like those all exist in like the real D and D stuff, um. The abyss, the nine hells, the, the, all those other, uh, the the cosmos of D and D officially, um, that's not, 
that's not this world. This world, as far as we know right now, has three realms. The Shadow Realm, the Fey Realm, and the Known World. I think and that's a valid are... question to be asking, though, because yeah. there are so many things that you are pulling from the yes, D&D world. For sure. So people who are very familiar with that world Fam- could expect that these things will come mm-hmm. up at some point. And so yeah. how do you feel about that, that gap between knowing or thinking you know what's going to come and then also having it not be... It's possible that those don't exist, but not really knowing. That's that's a good question, and I guess that's something that I didn't really consider um, how how it would affect listeners who who are really familiar with with the official lore. Um, I guess it's it's my advice would be to assume that until you hear it exists, it doesn't exist. Mm. Mm. That's kind of how we're playing the game, mm. right? Yeah, that that the the characters and and in season four it'll change a little bit different. It'll change a little bit because um, uh, I want to um support the characters in a new way and and give you guys more tools to interact with the world. And we're going to expand the world more and and we'll get into that um uh in a little bit. Uh, but I think that yeah, if if you're like waiting for a specific thing from D and D to drop or a specific thing to work in that specific way, um, it it may or it, it probably won't be a one to one comparison. Um, like a lot of the monsters too. Like I I I ignore a lot of stat blocks with monsters and I borrow stuff from different monsters so that I can fit it into the story the way that I want it to. Um. So, yeah, and this isn't Russell's choices are not coming from an ignorance like he is somebody who understands the game on a a deep level. And so what he's choosing to admit. Thank you, Beth. You're welcome. What he's choosing to admit and choosing to uh, keep in his story is all for a purpose. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, Yeah, that that's true. Um, I'm telling a very specific story in in a in a specific world. Um, that is not the Forgotten Realms or any of the other official D&D worlds. So um, I'm borrowing stuff, yes, because I've always been fascinated with the Feywild and the Shadowfell. I think that they're, the, to me, they're the most interesting aspects of that um, existing cosmology. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if, if I, you haven't heard about it officially, assume that it doesn't exist until you do hear about it officially. Um, it will be a discovery along with the characters. Um, if you were discovered that there is a hell, that will be news to <laughs> everyone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm not, um, following any kind of specific, uh, pre-written universe. I'm, I'm you know, if we go to hell, though, things Mike is going to have so much knowledge. Your Diablo Chops. <laughs> Diablo, God of War. I've been to hell so many times in God I, of War. I, I, have, <laughs> I have kept the fact that Mike is, has a lot of Diablo experience in the back of my head. <laughs> like Pots. That is something. <laughs> Pots are going to be that, important. Yeah, That's that I've always friends, kind though. of. Uh, <laughs> well, if a portal from hell opens and people come out of mm-hmm. it, I'll be good because I played a lot of Doom. Oh, there yeah. you go. You know. There you go. Yeah, I've slayed Diablo so many times. Get out. <laughs> I'll be able to <laughs> Mephisto, easy, easy peasy. I do you Mephisto. Know, I just think hell sounds fun. Seb is a hundred percent for it. I'm ready. Uh, 
Oh, here's a fun question, because I think that a lot of people have been uh, revisiting the series or watching it for the first time while in quarantine. Uh, Gunner Loper asked uh, if you had to spend long time fan. Uh, thank you, Gunner. Uh, sent us an email and asked if you had to splinter off with one NPC and go off on a life changing short adventure <gasps> like Zuko in season three of Air- Avatar oh. The Last Airbender, who would it be? So if you had to go on a Zuko like. Gur. Gurb? <laughs> Gurb. Yeah. I don't know. Who's Gurb? What that. It, like, what kind of. It's like. What do you mean by life change? So, like, so it, yeah, because you guys have like what kind of life? It's change just a quick, li- yeah. They go on these quick little like journeys of self discovery. Um, okay, you know, uh, with a NPC. So if you got yeah, to go, Gerb. Ger- Gerb is probably right for Flack. Who's Gerb? Um, yeah, who's Gerb? Gerb was in their uh, their oh. like side adventure, oh. James and Chelsea's side adventure when they went to the music festival. He was just like <laughs> yeah. some hippie in a. Yeah. <laughs> um. Who was Bert Rat? Oh my god! You can't have two, dude. Like if Marjorie just throwing out suggestions. If Marjorie goes <laughs> on an adventure with anybody, like my my brain immediately went to one of my two big boys, Stokeworth or Koyrim. Koyrim, yeah, because mm. those are her favorite big, strong, tall men. Um, yeah, and she really likes authority figures for some. That's like come out over That's time. So weird for, it's super for weird, yeah. But it's been consistent. And um, I, I love it. Yeah. So let's say, let's say that she wants to go on a journey with Koyrim. I think she will have gone on said journey with the desire to learn something about herself, but inadvertently teach her companion instead. Oh yeah. And then come for back sure. having had no real new experiences. I think that that if 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 Barger and Koyrim were to go off, that's definitely what would happen yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, Gerb makes sense for Flack. Yeah, you just go on like a mini tour, and he'd be like your roadie. You do like small like, club gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Gerbert would be fun. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Zavis and Gerbert. Because I get along with Lizard. That's Pikes. true. I, and yeah. <laughs> somehow I'm just picturing that's going to end up with Gerbert like in uh, Doctor Strange Love riding the bomb. <laughs> yeah, riding the bomb gonna... down. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be us at the end of our life changing journey. <laughs> I'm like wrapped around his waist, like we're riding a horse together or something, but we're like riding a missile down to Earth. Pretty, that's pretty much what it would be. Yeah. I feel like Fletch would be with Ryleth because I was so infatuated with his wind magic or his Mm. whatever magic that he was using to move the boats with. Would he turn you evil? Oh, I don't think so. Would you become a little bit naughtier? Maybe. Either either (laughs) him or who's the guy from the first season one who had a who had a bar that I would talk to in the tavern. He you guys said he was Gallagher? Gallagher, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Him. I could learn a lot from him. We could all learn a lot from Gallagher. <laughs> oh my god! I think for Juno, he's got like I at first I was like, oh maybe Nils, and then I was like, oh no, there's there's a big answer right in front of my brain that I can't really avoid, and that uh, there is some unresolved question or fixation with Yanathan that if he could like 
he he might try and change him or stop him or act on this attraction. I don't know what would happen, but it would be life changing. <laughs> and everybody's answers were so good. Those were all great. Yeah, those were all great answers. Thank you, Gunner, for that question. Uh, this is from Nobody on Reddit. Uh, well, who's it from? The person has no body. How they type? <laughs> What's on second, Joel? <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody on Reddit asks, uh, what inspiration, if any, do you take when coming up with a character? Do you guys remember what inspired your characters? We talked about it way back, but in case, I mean, like, it was briefly mentioned. Um, like, I know, uh, Chelsea, we talked right at the, like, at the very beginning when we still thought that, like, a little Q&A part would be part of every episode while we eat dinner, which we did exactly one time. Um, <laughs> you said you felt a kinship with elves. Yeah, I love elves. Yeah. Elves are my favorite. When we were talking earlier about, like, oh, would we ever re-roll a character and, like, I've, I've thought maybe, but I'm also just, I would just end up playing another elf. Elves are my favorite. Every time I've played as not an elf, it's not as fun. I don't know why. <laughs> I just really enjoy elves. Elves are a great choice. Elves are a great choice. Anybody else remember what, what where your characters came from? No, go listen to my table for two from like <laughs> over many years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago. You know, I had a conversation with my grandma years and years ago where she got made fun of for being old. By a bunch of like young boys, Aww. and that stuck with me for ages. And I like the mm-hmm. idea of like playing an interesting female character whose value isn't dependent on her physical attractiveness, um, or her intelligence. Like it's important to me that Marjorie is is d- ugly and dumb, but she's very care. Like she, her value doesn't come from things that are traditionally looked at in protagonists as being good. She she is all of the uh all of all of the poor ugly things and yet has an incredible important core in this group of people. Yeah, I I love mm-hmm. that. I I I when you said when you first said you were going to play an old lady, I was so excited. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like when you first create, you don't have to have like a big important idea behind your characters, no. and things will come as time goes on. Because I remember when I yeah. first picked an old lady, I was like, I don't want to play. I don't I don't want to ever get into a sexual situation in role play with my friends. Somehow no, that did the, happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but when I rolled margarine, a big part of that was like I don't ever want to do that and so I'm going to make an ugly mm-hmm. gross old lady who hopefully no one will want to get with. Uh it will be funny for me to try to make people get with her. <laughs> but it was never supposed to be realized. Um and if it, I I'm kind of tickled that it was. <laughs> I think Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy was somewhere in my mind that I liked the idea of like a strong vengeance drive, but that a group of people might change this character uh, to embrace the softer side. And I think that became truer than I probably had an idea of when I first started. I can see that, yeah. That makes sense. I think for Fletch, it was just, I love archery. And I thought that an agile archer, like a skinny, fast archer would be awesome. What, Pete, was Andy Pete in the Pete beginning is. of, when did Pete come through? Um, 
You have to Middle hit like level one? five or something. Yeah, Pete, Pete came later because at the time there weren't really any good ranger um, subclasses. There's, there still aren't. It's a terrible class. Um, and now rangers are the <laughs> best. Used to be a ranger. Uh, that's that's but, the real uh, point of D and D and D is we just want to make rangers cool. I'm trying to make rangers cool. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. no, we're working real hard. Um, <laughs> And so the the Beastmaster was one of the only choices right. at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's how Pete came into things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited, Mike, for your your table for two because you guys. Yeah. I've heard a little bit because we're married and we talk. Uh, I've heard a little <laughs> bit behind the scenes about <laughs> what is going to be happening with Fletch's character, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, there's uh, there's some there's some cool stuff that we're going to get into with all the characters in the table for two. I I really want to um you know, kind of try to tailor things um, a little bit going forward to what you guys want from the characters and where the characters have, have uh, how the characters have grown um, over the course of the show. Uh, but we will get into that in the table for twos. Uh, nobody also asked me in Gressel's case, uh, what inspires different plot points? The food, um, all the inspiration for the, sh- the, the show. I mean, the inspiration comes from a lot of different sources, but mainly it, it's, it's the food. It re- that really is the where everything starts. Um, season two was inspired by a uh, English Sunday roast. Um, wh- what kind of people eat that meal? Where is that meal served? Um, what kind of stories can come from that? Um, the same thing with this, uh, with season three. Um, Japanese food. Uh, Mike and Beth uh, took us uh, and a bunch of our friends to uh, Little Tokyo in LA for Mike's birthday. Right, that was free mm-hmm. birthday. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had, that was my first time being down there. We went to the Sizakaya. That was awesome. We had a bunch of great um, Japanese food. Um, and and cats served it that, to us. Yeah, cats <laughs> served it to us. We went to that little bakery. This was re- this was really the oh, kind man. of turning point. We went to that little bakery that had I forget the name of them. Beth, do you know? Do you know what they are? The little um, I want to say, but I might be wrong. Uh, um, they're they're little pastries. They're like two pancakes with bean paste in the middle. Um, oh, it smells so. They're they're they were amazing, and they made them right there. You could watch the gal make them. Uh, and uh, I never had anything like that before. Um. And that that bean paste and miso and the way the different things that that um, Japanese cuisine does to soybeans um, was uh, was where season three came from. This idea of they have this magical means of transforming this simple bean into something so incredible. Uh, That's awesome. Um, Dorayaki. Dorayaki. That uh, that 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 there's now there's this like international trade conflict over (laughs) because these things are so great. So it 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 comes from the food, and I and I I've been trying to make that more and more part of the show as the show has progressed. Um, and when we go into season four and consumables become a bigger part of the story because you no longer have a healing healer with you, um. And uh, different kind of structures and stuff. Food will become a big part of the story. <laughs> Ricky's freaking Our out. Our cat just just uh, like sorry. destroyed a bunch of stuff. I didn't know that that, that that was that's really cool. I didn't know that that was the yeah. full inspiration for season three. For sure. Um, kind of on the food. Uh, Alex Xavier emailed us. 
uh, long time listener, Alexander. Uh, thank you so much for asking your question. Ask us, ask me, I guess. Uh, do you have any formal coloring training or yourself taught? What is your favorite unusual flavor combination? Do you have a favorite restaurant? Not that mm-hmm. we can go to them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in the question. I didn't. I'm not editorializing. <laughs> um, I I don't have. I did not go to coloring school or anything. I worked in restaurants when I was younger in high school and college. I I, I worked don't in worry, restaurants. Don't man. You can I, just pretend that you went to culinary school. Just put it on your resume. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can just. I can just, like, I can just put it I on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who's gonna check? <laughs> Actually, that one they that might one check. They probably will check. <laughs> that one they might check. Uh, I I am self mostly self taught. I did work in restaurant. I did work in kitchens in high school and college. Um, but mostly self-taught. Um, uh, do do I have an, a favorite unusual flavor combination? Not really. I like stuff that works Pickles together. And, and peanut I, butter, yeah. I I don't that. No, Pickles thank you. Pickles and peanut butter, yeah. Would you have some, Mike? He's making a face. I can't have peanut butter. <laughs> 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 you would die. God damn it. He's allergic no. to peanuts. I'm now, so sorry. Now that we're married and the assets are yeah. shared, you want some peanuts? Uh, <laughs> would you like do that? Oh. Would you like some poison? I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Wow, somebody um, save me. Uh, do I have a favorite restaurant? Yes, Patisserie Me in Traverse City, Michigan, is my favorite restaurant in the world. It's the restaurant I went to the day that I got engaged, uh, and it is a little French restaurant in a small corner of Northern Michigan that I absolutely adore. Um, and I love and means a lot to me. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Richard, this is, an, this is a softball, it's a, a quick one. Uh, Richard asks, uh, howdy from Oklahoma. My question is, how long was the whole season, including the cut stuff? Uh, about 30 hours. No, much longer than that. About 60. Oh, my God. <laughs> double double <laughs> of what I just said. Mike, what's the book that you're reading, and how long is that audio book? Because that'll give you some context, 36 right? 36 hours, and it's about 1,000 pages. 1,000 page book Mike's going Whoa. through. It's a 36 hour long audio book. And that is half the amount of time that season three was. Uh, season three was 25 sessions, which is 10 more than the other two seasons. How did that happen? Uh, <laughs> Nine lives. <laughs> was it our fault and in which ways? <laughs> uh, yes and no. That means yes and yes. Um, uh, the, the boat sessions were were longer than i was anticipating more stuff happened there because i kind of you know you guys just got into shenanigans um you left be, well, okay it all really goes back to season two uh fletch getting cursed in season two <laughs> with with Ru- the rupert of it all which 
drove you guys to go to the child island well, instead of stay okay. on the parent I island? I oh yeah, we got Everyone, this question. Oh, hold on a second. The reason we went to the child and parent islands was because somebody was so selfish that they had to eat part of my watermelon. <laughs> if wow. someone wouldn't have finished my watermelon, they oh. wouldn't have been turned into a spaghetti clown. They wouldn't have been turned See, into a turtle. You, they what? wouldn't have you died. You can't even begin to link that <laughs> shit. I just did. And, and what you call selfish, I would call fraternity. What did you say? A love of <laughs> you as my F brother. Oh, well, okay. You gonna hate on my love for you, man? I love you too, man, but... Oh, but... but... but what you wow. did made season three double the length of previous seasons. <laughs> my love for you is unconditional. I would record a hundred hours well, for oh, you, yeah, Michael. If we're talking human to human, yeah, well, yeah. I would, I would, do, this, I would do the same thing. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Uh, this, this was a, re a related question from Turtle Butter 33 on Reddit asks, uh, <laughs> did you plan for the party to immediately go to the child island? Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, I, I can't say that I didn't because I was the one who, as the storm giant said, go to the child island. Um, but, uh, the choice ultimately was the parties, Dude, and they could have stayed. Uh, that whole episode, I was like, "Fuck, we need to follow Jen. We need to go to the to the school and like figure out why we're here." But the majority of the team was like, "No, no, no. We got to go to the the child island because uh, fuck everybody here. We got to cure the curse." And what you gonna do, baby? Yes, and yeah. Hey, you've never been cursed, <laughs> so. Get cursed and then we'll see what happens season four. <laughs> Get, cursed. Yeah. Get cursed. I think it's a. I mean, it's such a credit to Gressel the amount of work that you put in that, like, it's never exactly prescriptive that we need to follow one path or another path. Like, you didn't force us to stay or force us to go, and that you had stories prepared for things to happen in either place. Mm -hmm. And this is true of like all the journeys we take. And I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you've prepared for all these eventualities, and it's not like you necessarily build them into the story later. Like they're just sort of off to the side, and not paths not taken. And e even something that we, I think it's okay to talk about, but that you and I were talking about, it, it came up um, when we were talking about other cities, other places uh, in the world that I was curious about. That you've got sort of this story that time will keep passing as if the team weren't intervening in these locations. So you've got a story that's progressing really? everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's, oh. that's the way that makes sense for me in order to um, make the world work for you guys to interact with it in a way that is this kind of mostly improvised way is that I'm writing. One of the companion the rest of novels the world. coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that's that's kind of where the villain paralogs came from, which now Joel can mm. listen to. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> but those kind of came from like when I was tr when really when I was figuring out Ryleth and Abelor, um, I just like them a lot, and I I th their story was the one that was more than an outline to me, um. And, but but everything else, you know, all the other locations in the world, I sent you guys a, a couple weeks ago uh, the world map with with names of places 
names of locations and everything uh, that you guys will explore in in season four. Um, and in all those locations, stuff is happening. Life is happening. Um, and until you guys, until the team goes and fucks it up, <laughs> that that continues. Um, and and uh, as it will change depending on how long you guys take to get to a different place. So stuff could get better, stuff could get worse, stuff changes, characters could completely drop out of the story depending on how long it takes for you guys to get there, depending on ripples Ow. that you guys do. Um, the the company opening up Oyakoto changes other places. Um, the Something called Ryleth and Abelor away from Oyakoto while you guys were in the volcano, that affects other stuff. Um, it all, you know, hopefully all works out. And I've been really grateful for you guys, the strength of you guys, just as storytellers in your own right, um, understanding how stories work. All you guys know how stories work, um, with what you do in your real lives. Um, it works, you know, it all works. Um, at the end of the day, it seems if, if, if you as a listener think that have ever thought this was all planned like th- this was you know the 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 guild hall was a planned adventure or the boat with tim was a planned adventure or or this is on some kind of track of a to b to c it's not it seems that way when it's done which is great but like if at, at that point when the team had arrived in oyakoto and chose to leave Something else would have happened if they had stayed and and that would have it also would have worked, you know, like so um you still do drive the story, the world is happening around you. Um, but all roads will lead to Rome because you guys affect the story and we're following you through this world. You know, there's something really beautiful about that. And it if you're not along the journey like along for the ride, you don't really see it. If you're just wa- binging it from one point to another, then it's already been written, right? But like moment to moment to moment, the idea that every choice that we make, regardless of how good of a choice it seems in the moment, it ultimately is the correct choice for the story that we're telling is really cool because it kind of takes the the perfectionism thing out. We're like, I don't, I don't need to worry about this being the right direction to walk. Because I know that if we're all doing it together and building the story together, it's going to lead someplace interesting. Like the wind tunnel, mm-hmm. or the, the tunnels where we could go left or right, and we were either going to fight the wind person or the fire person. And oh, it would have been fine either person. way. And we, it yeah, would have been would've... funny That's either way. so much extra stuff to write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, can't even fathom. That's like how like people who write video games where it's like open world or... Oh, like the tree, uh, like, decision trees? Yeah. yeah. I would love this to be an. I was just thinking that Chelsea, like, I want to play the open world video game of this story. Oh my god! O- open world games have been a massive influence since I've started. Like, I I was not a video game guy until a couple years ago when Mike generously on Black Friday was able to procure me a Switch. Yes, <laughs> I'm so but, happy uh... I was able to because to give you that gift. <laughs> Even though you purchased yes. it with your own money, I just <laughs> delivered it <Right>. to you. <laughs> you got to play one of the best games of all time. Yes, the absolute masterpiece that is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But um, s- since then, yeah, Breath of the Wild, Witcher 3, Skyrim, these massive open world games. 
um have been a, a big influence on on just just me realizing exactly what you were saying chelsea of like i there's so much i have to do because yeah, you yeah. guys have to, like you got you guys could turn left and there has to be something there mm-hmm. so like how much i'm i'm just so curious now about that process because like even in an open world video game like i can go back and do everything mm-hmm. but yeah, like can we go back to the wind uh, tunnel yeah like is there a bunch of stuff you just <laughs> wrote and like screen? well it's done yeah that's yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's a ton of shit that's trash now <laughs> that just makes me know, sad I... too that we can't we can't do it and that you spent all this time on something that didn't well, end I mean, up it's, it, coming that, to fruition that, that's being a little bit facetious i guess like it's different it changes like you know time passed that's, and that's something being else happened is like man the older you get the less <laughs> opportunity uh, like i'll never be a pro basketball player man but that's okay <laughs> because i'm, I'm happy where i'm at i'm a furby no, you'd never be. You're five what? two. You wow, could never dude. be a basketball. But you didn't well, know that saying, when I was like, like seven. Well, that's there was true. still potential when I was seven. There was still potential if you would have a growth spurt. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to. Sorry, I didn't mean to dash your hopes on this podcast. I'm sorry. That was it's true. I've, I, I've already made peace with it. It's chill. Yeah. Hazer B sixty nine asked on the Reddit, uh, "Who has been your favorite NPC so far?" I'm. This is a selfish question. Because I love my NPCs. Speaking of all the work that I put into this <laughs> show, <laughs> um, wh- who's stood out to you guys? Hmm. Don't everybody answer at once. No, I'm just. I don't. <laughs> I just don't want to answer fucking Garebird again because yeah, I love. It's Gare a tough Bird. question. Garebird's the best. That's what I thought of. He was such a surprise, and you. He came like fully formed. It's like. Every new episode, when you introduce an NPC, you haven't had a dud NPC. You made the Property Brothers into NPCs. <laughs> oh, my God. oh yeah. But I feel like that's a cop out because it was the most recent episode, right? Some of my favorite jokes, I will say, are just for me and James and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone <Yes>. else. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Garbert being Ross Perot. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> extremely funny to me and James. <laughs> I, I, bringing everybody else into our world is a joy. I, f- I feel um, like to be different, the ones that stand out to me, I think it was Karen and who is her husband at the bar that they would fight all the oh, time? Yes. No, it's oh, Sharon. Sharon and oh, Sharon and Jerry. Jerry. And Jerry. I, those stand out. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Were, yeah. they were fucking great, yeah. dude. In season three, I really like those two. They had voices. I need to do more voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, you do, man. Uh, that was like Ozzy and, uh, and Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, I can't think of the And who's the New Zealand guy who uh, Juno is racist to? Borst. Oh, yeah, Borst. Yeah, Borst. Yeah, like, He's really funny. That, that, uh, that, little bit of accidental Im- improv uh made it so that now orcs have that voice <laughs> oh no in the world Heck yeah um that's, that's perfect orcs that's what they just, sound like oh uh kiff kiff uh solid uh, lovely saved us in the finale never forget yes. Kif. drunk wizard kid yes i mean yanathan is just like such a a beautiful glowing villain i love him <laughs> I love him and I'm genuinely afraid of him. 
Speaking of, Albert Spate uh, emailed and asked who has been your favorite villain so far. Beth, is it Yanathan? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hands down. I, like, I have such a clear picture of who Yanathan is in my brain, and I don't really understand his whole deal, which makes him more scary to me. Um, but I have enough of it to know why I need to avoid him. But then once in a while, he'll just pull us into a portal, and now we're in this floating airship, and I don't know how he did that. <laughs> it's cool. He's cool. Oh, you know another NPC I love? I'm sorry, I don't mean to backtrack, is Hercule. I love Hercule. Oh. Because Hercule is, like, my my little buddy, I guess. Yeah. It feels like it was made specifically for me, so that's mm -hmm. exciting. I like Zaman Breverus because I, just when I think he's dead, he's back. And just when I think I figured out his deal, he's now like showing up in Juno's past. Um, like I don't, I don't fully know what he's about and that scares me. scheme, you guys. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I like Ryleth and, uh, was Abelor? Abelor. Yeah, because they saw me and Fletch they naked. They did. They did. Uh, they did. You don't forget that. I would that. also... <laughs> Say Ryleth, but then also, um, oh no, I just lost his name. Who was no, Abelor. no, <laughs> no, uh, Albacore, yeah, no, Rupert, Rupert, just because I have, yeah, I, oh, god damn it, the, the fucking, bath? uh, or no, the what was it, feeding, feeding him, yeah, to... it's like turning him into like compost, oh. pretty much, yeah, hard cut or whatever. Oh, or yeah, just, it was like one of the hardest I've ever laughed <laughs> recording the show. You did the pigs or whatever, yeah, that yeah. killed me. Oh, yeah, that whole sequence, that whole adventure was <laughs> <laughs> that was um, Let's see. Uh, some people had some uh, some questions about the DMing process. We've talked a little bit about that, about how I kind of uh, uh, formed the story. Um, th uh, there were a few people. Uh, Mystic Ferret. Uh, there were a couple people that asked about like DMing advice if you're like a first time DM. Uh, uh, Kata Curry he emailed us and said, uh, you guys got me into D&D. &D. Any tips for a new DM? I'm using a homebrew rule, rule book and I realize I'm way over my head. Um, yeah, DMing is very, very hard. Um, and, um, if you are a new DM, uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend running a pre-written adventure first um by all means if you really want to tell your own story please do it um but to get a handle on the mechanics of running a, running the game at the table or over zoom as it were now um or your video conference service of choice um there are so many pre-written adventures that are available that are excellent um I, I like I mentioned, I just started running Rhyme of the Frost Maiden with Joel and some other friends, and I'm super into it. It's so cool. Um, I think that that is the way to go if you are a new DM. Lost Mine of Fandelver, the, the adventure that comes with the D&D starter set, the fifth edition starter set, is a great place to start. There are other good ones. Uh, uh, Rhyme takes you from level 1 to 12. Curse of Strahd is another long one if you want to do a long one. There are one-shots available all over the internet. Um, 
start with something like that and get a sense of how to keep the game going and how your table uh behaves the thing that uh the things that your your players like the things that they respond to the things that they don't respond to um taking the guesswork out of what happens next uh and taking that pressure off of yourself will allow you to kind of get the uh the fundamentals right it's like doing drills right like ev everybody wants to go uh and you know i'm going to use hockey metaphor everybody wants a penalty shot where you do a sweet deke and you fake out the goalie and you score the you know an amazing goal but sometimes you just got to make tape to tape passes you know and yeah yeah this, this is a metaphor that everyone on our dungeons and dragons podcast yeah. is going to understand yeah. Yeah. sweet deke dog Megan swoosh mm, yeah hockey when you swoosh um, it's what a what a what a point what a pass <laughs> Good points, but but really though, it is it's it's you gotta you gotta do your reps with the fundamentals um, before you can go uh, off um, on your own. I, I I think that running a pre-written adventure is the right way to go. Uh, uh, Kiki asked about when it comes to uh, combat, um, how do you describe a fun combat? Um, good question. This is something I'm continually trying to get better at. Um, how do you guys feel about the combats? I think it's gotten much better. I don't know. I it, it's I think it's good. I don't mind it. It's a yeah, part of the game. Yeah, it's tough because it's yeah. it's definitely it's not it's my least favorite part of the game. But it's not to say that it's a bad part of the game. I think you do a good balance of it. It's not too frequent. Mm -hmm. It happens just it happens often enough to, to where I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think we yeah, all it's have like a, oh. an opportunity to be. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, it's an opportunity to be creative in very specific ways, and fun things can come out of that. I think it, like you, you've expressed, and I agree that, like, in terms of like flow, the way it's heard when a listener experiences it, that's like the best version. And when we're doing it, it takes a little longer. There's more time while we're looking up things, making choices. And, but, but also, I think that you've found exciting ways of keeping it more fluid and it's only gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. And building off of that um, earlier, we were talking about how all of us have kind of different ways of playing D and D different styles. And when it comes to the battle system, you're kind of locked into one thing. Like you have to make a move. It has to be within six seconds and there can be creativity through those limitations, but it can also feel a little, a little bit shackled. Um, and that might just be me as somebody who can just swing my knives and then I'm done. So that's just the nature of, of how I'm made to play the game. So like that's, that's the reason why I might not have as much fun with it as the conversations that we might be having. But it's important for the fights to be in the game because we are in this like dangerous fantasy setting where it would be bizarre with the world that you've built if we didn't have battles, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that... Um... You know, for for your table, Kiki, it's it's just a question of you know, are your players, do your players really enjoy combat, or are they more like these? You know, the team here who um, you know, really enjoys the role playing aspect and the more outside of combat parts. You know, do, how how balanced do you want to make it? Um, I think in terms of running combat, how to keep what what I try to do to keep things interesting for these guys. Um, 
is I try to be very mindful of environments, um, like with the boss fight at the end of this season, um, putting it in that three-dimensional space where they were able to create the, the, the land that they were standing on um, allows for more creativity than you move. Oh, you, have a th- you can move 30 feet on your turn. You move 25 and then you can do your action, and that's whatever. Like, um, playing with the environment is a way to um, bring more choice and more excitement into combat. Um, if you're just struggling with, um, uh, you roll the dice, it's a hit. Okay, roll your damage. Okay, you do X damage. Um, one one thing that really was helpful for me, uh, I read uh, at the beginning of this year, I read the Witcher novels. Um, and the way that combat is described in those, uh, was a big influence on me that helped, um, invigorate some language that I use to describe combat because I feel that, um, the way that combat is described in those books and it's translation. So it might be the translation. I can't speak to the Polish. Um, but it's exciting because everything in that, um, is a sword fight. Geralt has a sword. He hits things with swords. So there has to be new creative ways to describe a sword fight, and they and and he succeeds. Um, so, you know, those are good books. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the Game of Thrones books, Lord of the Rings, other fantasy novels. Um, you know, look at the way that fights are choreographed, sword fights are choreographed in, um, uh, you know, anime or fantasy shows. Um, and, you know, think about describing them a- watching Avatar again at the beginning of quarantine was, was mm. great too, because those fight scenes are so excellent. Yeah. I just started it again. I started my second watch. Through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Bring, bring some of that into, into your world, you know, um, turning and blocking and, you know, a miss doesn't have to be, you miss wildly. A miss can be, you know, a, a blow is parried away. Or, you know, uh, your armor catches it instead of, you know, it making contact. Like, uh, think through the physicality of it, um, and that could help out. Um, let's see. I think we're probably getting to it. Um, there is one other big announcement uh, I have for the show. Um, Flack is also leaving. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, Just no, kidding. Good. Oh, never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's why I said just kidding. You guys just like dedicated yourselves to each other. (laughs) We did. It's true. Well, one of us hasn't gone back. (laughs) (laughs) I would never. Um, Starting at the end of October, uh, we're very, very, very excited to announce that D and D and D will become a Spotify exclusive. Podcast. We've been sitting on this for so long. So long. It has been been a a months long process. We're so, so pumped about this. Uh, You you might be concerned right now if you are not listening to the show on Spotify. Don't be concerned. Mm -hmm. This is not a bad thing at all. We are so pumped about this. Uh, They came to us. This is not uh, something that uh, they're not changing the show. They're not 
um, you know, taking over the show in any way. Uh, they are are entering in a partnership to support us. They're champions uh, of the, the show. show. They are champions of the show. Exactly. Uh, they're just as excited about it uh, as as any of you are, as we are, uh, and they want the show to succeed. And and I made the choice to to do this because I think that they're a great partner to help the show succeed. Yeah. Um, they are not going to interfere at all with the creative. Uh, they just want the show to grow. And we want the show to grow. A lot of you are already listening on Spotify, which is great. Uh, but if you're not, the good news is that it is still free. Free. It's always uh, going it to be free. It will always be yeah. free. Spotify, is the app is free. To listen to the show is free. Yeah. Uh, you don't need a premium account or a paid account to listen to the show. You can still go listen to the show uh, for free. And that's free. important to say because we are now going to be a Spotify exclusive podcast. Yes. Yes. You will you will not be able to listen to the show anywhere else except for Spotify starting uh at the end of October on October twenty eighth. Uh will be the first that will be the first episode of season four, and it will be the first episode that is uh exclusive to Spotify. But this is this is a great thing that we are super excited about. I, I personally I've been a Spotify Premiums member since 2012. Oh, I just love the product. Um, yeah, I think that they're... This is just me talking. This has nothing to do with the fact that they're now partners in the show. Uh, I think it's the most valuable subscription service out there. You can listen to all the music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, it's all of it. Um, I, I, I am... A, you know, I listen to a lot of music. I love the product um so i think that it's going to be great uh if you are not a spotify user introduce yourself to the, to the app it's they're great. making a big push All on the podcasts. music is there i i'm not a huge music mm -hmm. listener but i'm a huge podcast listener and i've migrated over to spotify now as my main podcast app yeah and i and like if, it mm -hmm. if you do have the spotify what is the premium account you can also correct me if i'm wrong but i have um given Beth access to not she doesn't have access to my stuff but she has we have her, a family account we have, oh we have a family yeah. account so now she can listen she can have her own Spotify I can have my own Spotify mm -hmm. and I yeah I got it one 2019 just uh just to get new music and it's been awesome yeah I have a I have a family account with my wife as well they have this awesome feature where you can do uh like shared um like sessions like if you're all well nobody's really hanging out but soon, <laughs> soon, oh, um, you can you can uh like send a code and then you can all control like a spotify from your individual spotify apps you can do like shared playlists and stuff mm. it's it's a cool yeah, we're just, just speaking out about spotify person. it's not even like yeah, what we're like, supposed to be saying you know it's right it this isn't none of this is any anything that we're supposed to be <laughs> talking about i just like it um but the, the main message is uh, we will be exclusive for season four on Spotify. That's the only place you're going to be able to listen to the show. But it is free mm -hmm. uh, and it's great. We're super excited about it. Nothing's going to change about the show except Joel's leaving. That has nothing yeah. to do with Spotify. They didn't want Juno in the show. <laughs> no, this is no, 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 no. Spotify That's demanded we ask Juno Greenpoint. <laughs> it's not true. No, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped uh this is such a cool opportunity i think so many more people are going to discover the show and 
uh, I don't know. It's it's through like fans listening uh, that Spotify took an interest. Like that's so cool. Yeah, Thank they you. recognized that we were doing pretty good numbers. And they're like, hey, we want to get yeah. in on that. Which is great. And it's because of you and most of you are already listening on Spotify. So that's great. If you're not, uh, it's free app. It's free to listen. Um, and again, uh, nothing is going to change creatively about the show. We're still going to do D&D&D as it has been continuing this story um, until we're done. We're thrilled about this. I'm so pumped uh, to move forward with this partnership um, and, and grow the show and be uh, on a platform that I just personally enjoy. Um, so we're going to talk more about this in the coming weeks uh, through the table for twos. Uh, again, the switch is not going to happen you, uh, until the end of October, until the 28th. So you'll be able to listen to wherever you're listening to now for through the, the next four weeks. And our backlog will weeks. remain on other platforms, right? Oh, no, it, won't. it won't. Our backlog will <laughs> no. not remain on other platforms. <laughs> Um, the, yes, that, that's, it's also important to note that all of the previous episodes, uh, will only be on Spotify as well. So the only place you'll be able to listen to the show, uh, is on Spotify starting October 28th. Um, but this is, this is cool. This is great. We're excited. Uh, the show's going to get bigger and better. And we hope that that means new and exciting opportunities for cool stuff in the future. Plans, baby. Yeah. Business. 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 <laughs> um, so we'll talk more about that in the table for twos coming up. Um, so yeah, that will be the next month. The next month of episodes will be those conversations. Um, I'm excited to get into specifics of everybody's character um and what uh what we can do going forward with everybody. Um do you guys have any uh um last are there any uh last questions we should address do you guys have any questions before we go um joel anything you want to say uh yeah well just thanking i just want to thank everyone uh especially who was you know sending in messages sending in questions concerned about what would happen to juno it's really special that you could bond with a character um, that I created. That's such uh, a compliment. So I, I think that's so special and I'm glad he's not dead either uh, so that uh, you can still be connected to him. And yeah, I'm excited for him to, to pop back into the story when it's relevant. And also to, to, to all of you, I'm going to miss playing with you folks uh, on a regular basis. And that, I don't know, the show is going to be like such uh confidence ability to you know because because we're all creative people but i think that i before would sort of start projects and it wasn't kind of what i wanted it to be and i would maybe never finish or i would finish and i wouldn't be proud of it and i think dnd and d was the first thing where i was like i am so i'm completely 100 percent proud of being a part of this thing that is so good like i'm proud of my role in it i'm proud of like everyone in it and the thing that we made together yeah. and that's still true that's cool yeah um and we're, I, I'm so grateful for your contributions to the show, both on the show and behind the scenes, um, and getting everything off the ground and, and everything. You've been a big part of this and, and I'm just very, very grateful for everything you've done for the show, Joel. Yeah. I, I do. I did have one request because it's been so long. It's been so long and we, we, I, I feel oh, like no. we need to do a campaign sound off. 
It's going to be hard over Zoom. I know it is. The the clapping's not going to work. Don't do the clapping. It's just not going to work. Super Mayor Flack. Oh, I'm... Oh my god, it's been so long. <laughs> I I forget who goes next. Headboard. Campaign Biba. Uh, assistant to the super mayor. Uh, and and I'm staying here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that was so good. I'm glad I got to hear Juno's voice right. on my side. Oh, yeah. Man, when you when Juno told everybody that he was staying in Knights Pass, um, I decided that the the Patreon exclusive T-shirt was going to be an homage to Juno, <gasps> and now yeah. knowing that Joel, you're uh, leaving the show, it's going to be an extra special homage to to like you and Juno on the whole. So the next shirt, oh, that's is amazing! 100%. Thank you. Cows and moons and Juno going to bed. Oh my gosh! Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beth shared with me a uh, a. Uh, just a sketch, rough sketch of of the idea when we were talking about Ooh, the idea, and it, it uh, almost made me cry. Oh, yeah! It's just oh I my mean, gosh, like, I can't wait. Just the barest, just like is <laughs> like this is the idea, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I'm really excited for um to share that with everybody, to share that with patrons, and um, it's a wonderful touching. Tribute to the character and to you, Joel, who have, who have been such a big part of this. Um, uh, so again, there are big changes. This is a big moment, um, you know. But we've got a lot of really fun stuff planned for season four. Uh, there's the world is bigger. Uh, the adventures are getting more intense. You guys are higher levels. That that means stronger monsters, stronger adversaries, more difficult puzzles. Um, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna I'm gonna top, go down one tunnel or go down the other, but I'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll see somehow if I can do it. Um, but uh, and, and hopefully, God willing, um, more delicious food mm-hmm. eventually. Fingers crossed. Yes. See if Spotify can get us a sponsorship with like a meal kit delivery service. And we can all just like make that, the I same mean, meal together. Make the same meal, yeah. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah. So, um, thank you to everybody for listening to this show for three seasons. Um, we've been playing this game for over three years. It will be four years this spring. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. Really? Damn. Yeah. In in May, it'll be four years, um, which I do realize is a long way away, but it's going to come up fast. Man, we started this right after Dead Meat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. April is Dead Meat's yeah. four years. Yeah, we didn't we didn't launch when we first started playing, but I remember oh, those okay. those early recordings. You like I, there's a there's an episode in season one where we talk about you getting a hundred thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? You're, you're always oh, on your cool. phone for stats and stuff. I remember that yeah. too. Because it was like really <laughs> blowing up and it was like, oh my yeah. god. Uh, oh shit. So um yes, we've we've been on these parallel journeys in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um uh but yeah, so thank you all so much for listening. Um and for sending in your questions. Thank you everybody who sent yeah, in questions. You. If we didn't answer your question directly, uh I apologize. 
Uh, I'm just going to read some names. Uh, Jake the Nerd, 6603. Uh, um, the Unlucky Jinx. Uh, Probs a Cat. Uh, oh, oh, Madeline did have a question about how do we feel about people getting tattoos inspired by the show? Do what's fun. I mean, <laughs> YOLO, do it. Don't regret um, it. I mean, make research artists make yeah. sure they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that's, but if you feel very strongly about that, I have no problem with it. It's your skin. Um, uh, so thank you. Uh, thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Alay. Thank you to Lightwing. Thank you to. Uh, Haley, Peter, thank you to uh, everybody who sent in questions. Tilly, Kamala. Oh, uh, maybe that's Kamala Harris. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Madam Senator and hopefully <laughs> Vice President. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, you probably have more pressing things to do than listen to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, but I'm going to choose to believe that that is uh, Kamala Harris. So uh, thank you for sending in your question. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so <laughs> uh thank you ash peter kiki lucas guy uh billy uh jathan rar x3 acid puddle uh dan oh. uh mystic ferret thank you everybody Which is dan? dan is baking okay it's just everyone <laughs> else is ha we're having some crazy names he got Bacon. dan as a screen name yeah, Dan is that? baking. Yeah, he he asked a question about um puzzles that I I might answer uh in a in a, well he asked on Reddit so uh real quick he asked about puzzles uh and how do I plan puzzles um it takes a long time and it's very difficult especially because there aren't visual elements yes um I wish I could give you better advice it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you to everybody who submitted questions uh, Grant uh, Joseph uh, Ranger Falkirk uh, everybody who um, asked questions I'll try to I'll try to answer some off air over the next um, yeah we'll weeks. get to the individual uh, ones on our face to face yes yes if you ask questions specific to characters uh, we'll do those in the table yeah. for twos well, cool. It was a great season. I want to say thank you to you guys, too, the team, you players, for and making you. this um, literal dream come ah. true, you know, with, with, with this Spotify thing. Um, you know, it's a, it's a major media company that's interested in the story that I wrote, and that's, mm. that's a literal dream come true. And um, I told you guys this when they first... Uh, contacted us but now publicly I want to say it too just thank you so much for, for getting me to that point it means the world to me and I can't truly express how grateful I am for you to play this game with me you make me cry man um, yeah you yeah Aww. <laughs> it's been such a privilege um, yeah so uh, you're welcome thank you for telling this story with me <laughs> I, 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 well, Fletch is oh. dead now. <laughs> uh. Um, but truly, thank you. So, thank you for listening. Thank you to you guys. Um, thanks for another great season. I think that this was some of our best stuff, and I'm so pumped for where we're going to go in the mm -hmm. future. For sure. So, what what should we do now? 
Oh yeah, no, we should do what's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, Let's do yeah. what's fun. Let's do what's fun. It's a great That'd idea. Do what's fun. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, thanks everybody. Do what's fun. Thanks everyone. D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold.